God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, today's going to be a little bit of a, a different kind of a show because we're going to be playing a long Trump clip with Maria Bartiroma that happened yesterday in the wake of the Joe Biden uh, speech. And he made some comments about that and some other things. And I thought, it's really important that we actually take a listen to the leader of our party for a change rather than listen to Koke Mitch talk about how he's going to be focusing on the future or uh, and not the past, trying to brush Trump under the rug. I don't think that's right. I don't want to go back to where Foremost Group, his wife's shipping company, gets to ship cocaine all over the Chinese Sea uh, just because they want to enrich themselves in Kentucky. Now, Cocaine Mitch is all wrong about the future of the GOP. And that's why the leaders like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates are under attack right now. That's why people like uh, Giuliani are getting their houses raided. It's like a Gestapo on steroids that the Biden administration, who only got about 11 million, 11 million viewers, 11 million the good news is Parler is going to be back on Apple, the Apple Store. But I'll never forgive Apple for the censorship that they did. Their numbers came in really big, too, by the way. They're in the services sector now. They're no longer a device. They're going to be a services sector. How do you like those apples? I don't think it's right either. We have a lot of jockeying for position and infighting inside the GOP tent. You have a lot of rhinos, and we're going to be talking about this next week. But like J.D. Vance, for example, wants a leadership role. Jack Posobiec supports J.D. Vance, even though J.D. Vance hated Trump. Liked Mullen, McMullen or whatever his name was. And so there's a lot of this bantering going on back and forth on Twitter. And I don't like it. 
There is some other good news. I just mentioned Parler. There's also uh, on Breaking 911 says Mayor Bill de Blasio finally is opening his eyes and says New York City plans to fully open on July 1. This is going to be the summer of New York City, he says. And what else I like is that the Idaho teachers got their day in court and basically they don't have to affirm critical race theory. And that's good news, too. However, in China, new Chinese decree forces religious leaders to actively support Communist Party. That's where we're heading, if we're not careful. So, the D.C. police department hacked by was hacked by the Russian-speaking ransomware group. I wonder what they'll find related to some other things. Jack Posobiec also tweeted out that the, D, the Muriel Bowser, Mayor Muriel Bowser, uh, left up on a January 5th uh, report, uh, a memoranda, that she did not want any more federal aid to be brought into her city unless they get approved by the D.C. Metro Police. So she's got that in writing. So she was wrong all the way around when it came to securing her own city. And she left it up there as a tweet, and the document still stands, and that's that. So Joe Biden's session of Congress ratings, joint session of Congress ratings are in. 11 million viewers. Compare that to 48 million viewers for Trump. But Joe totally had 81 million votes, right? If you go to CNN and ABC and NBC and MSNBC and they're posting about the Joe Biden speech live, there were more dislikes than likes by almost almost a two-to-one margin, not quite, but by a healthy margin. So Governor Kristi Noem writes, Biden's entire vision for America is just more government. Government creates all the jobs. Government spends all the money. Government makes the decisions. Nothing about empowering the independent and ingenuity of the American people. What happened to the American dream? So Benny Johnson writes, joint session address ratings. Trump in 2017 got 48 million viewers. Trump in 2018 got 46 million. Trump in 2019 got 46.8 million. And then all hell broke loose with the Chinese bat stew flu, Kong flu. And that was Trump 2020, got 37.2 million. And then all of a sudden comes in Joe Biden with 81 million votes and gets 11.6 million. Are you kidding me? Who's lying to who here? So Jewish Deplorable says all Biden needs is 35 million mail-in viewers to beat Trump's 2017 State of the Union address. Mail-in viewers have yet to be counted for Biden's State of the Union ratings. Jewish Deplorable writes empty rallies, lowest ratings ever, most votes in history. Yeah, go figure. Robbie Starbrook writes Yesterday, Joe Biden's DOJ raided a man who helped expose the criminality of Hunter Biden. Let that sink in. 
Our DOJ is now operating like a mob that works to protect the big guy instead of working for the American people. Justice is dead. And there's a picture of a line, orderly line, walking into the Capitol building from January 6th. And Jack Posobiec writes, worse than the Civil War. Jewish Deplorable writes, black girl tries to stab another black girl. Black Lives Matter. They're all happy. Black guy gives a political speech talking about Tim Scott. Black Lives Matter. Totally unhappy. He's an Uncle Tim. Whatever. And, and, and Twitter, who has lost their, completely missed the mark on their, uh, their um, stock findings, their dividends, their shareholders are not happy. They missed the mark on their performance. Uh, they could care less. They bowed down to Russia just recently. Russia has throttled their network because of the uh, uh, because they want to be censored. They want to censor, and Twitter obliged them. Jewish Deplorable writes: Jobs created under Trump are returning due to vaccines created under Trump. Thanks, Biden. And Josh Hawley writes. A really great response to Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz writes, Starting today, I no longer accept money from any corporate PAC. I like this a lot, folks. I urge my GOP colleagues to do the same. For too long, Republicans have allowed the left and their big business allies to attack our values and ship jobs overseas with no response, no more. And Josh Hawley writes a response to that and says, Yes, corporate America has put Americans last. They ship our jobs to China, mock middle Americans' way of life, try to control our speech, and run our lives. It's time we stood up to them. I won't make corporate PAC donations, and I'll fight the break to break up their, their monopoly power. It's so true. They have completely betrayed America. And by the way, Twitter's losing their butts. Uh, the only people that have benefited were those people like Amazon, $8.6 billion. They quadrupled their number. Apple and a lot of these others. But you know what? Their day is going to be coming too. There's a lot of losses uh, that are going to start to emerge across the board. As, America's, uh, as America might and American numbers, and Trump's 75 to 117 million, depending on how you calculate it, supporters turn their backs on big corporate America. I can't wait for the day when we start to get our own brands, our own brands and our own manufacturing, and, and take our government back to boot. You need all three. Somali Hemingway says Twitter is choosing to trend a racist attack from the left on Senator Tim Scott, the black Republican senator from South Carolina. And Greg Price writes a response to that and says Section 230 would be repealed tomorrow if Twitter allowed this to trend about a black Democrat. And then there was this post about Nikki Haley and uh, Liz Cheney being on a ticket. And what we're going to hear is there's a lot of people talking about Donald Trump and DeSantis on a ticket. And I think that would be a great ticket. But they're talking about Liz Cheney and 
and uh, Nikki Haley. And this is what people think of them. They say, I'd rather have AOC as president than that ticket. And there's a picture is worth a thousand words. There's Liz Cheney, by the way, fist pumping Joe Biden in the chamber. A lot of heat is coming down uh, about John Kerry and his betrayal of America and his treasonous behaviors. Also, how it started. Biden restores $200 million in USA to Palestinians slashed by Trump. And then how it ended and how it's going. Sirens in Israel throughout the night as multiple rocket salvos launched from Gaza. They're fueling the enemy. Cat Turd writes a schedule for John Kerry. He says, John Kerry's schedule wakes up, leaves huge mansion with huge electric bill. Gets in a gas-guzzling limo. Gas-guzzling limo takes him to a mega-gas-guzzling private jet. Takes gas-guzzling private jet to Global Warming Conference. Tells us we're destroying the planet. So Sean Davis writes, An actual anti-racist would have condemned the racist attacks against Tim Scott, a car artist whose entire grift depends on encouraging and weaponizing left-wing racism to seize power and money would do this. And he's talking about Dr. Ibram, Ibram X. Kendi. The heartbeat of racism is denial, he says. We can hear the heartbeat clearly. So he was basically mocking Tim Scott. In other bad news, it's an absolute disgrace that uh, Samantha Power is now uh, Senate confirms Obama official Samantha Power to lead U.S. aid. That's nothing but a slush fund kickback opportunity for Samantha Power. And Idaho bans teachers from Idaho bans teachers from forcing students to affirm critical race theory in government schools. So teachers are not allowed to force students to affirm critical race theory. That's good news. Stanford student government candidate says white people need to be eradicated. Hmm, that's what's going on in Stanford. And there's more. We're going to take a quick listen to Cocaine Mitch. Monster President Biden. We're looking to the future, not the past. And if you want to see the future of the Republican Party, watch Tim Scott's response to President Biden last night. He's the future. That's where we're headed. We're not preoccupied with the past, but looking forward. We're looking to the future. So Mitch McConnell basically, uh, I wrote a response to that. I said, let it be clear. Cocaine Mitch and his wife's cocaine shipments across the Asian seas using her family company foremost group, is the past. America First policies to make America great again is our future. Bugle call or uh, at buglecall.org, at magapack.org, at Red State Talk Radio, at the Scott Adams Show. That's what we feel here. That's what we believe. And we're, we can go on with more and more of this tidbit news. I wanted to rush this through because we have a really great interview with Donald Trump. It's actually longer than the time we have allotted, um, but I'm going to play the heck out of it. So here we go. 
exclusive interview to discuss this and footing the bill for that additional $1.8 trillion spending plan is the 45th president of the United States, former President Donald Trump. Mr. President, thank you very much for calling in this morning. Good morning, and I thought Tim Scott last night was fantastic. I thought he did an incredible job. I'm not at all surprised, but I thought he did a great job. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about him uh, perhaps being in the uh, running for, for president at some point after that speech. Uh, we're going to get to that. But, Mr. President, let me get your thoughts on what you heard from President Biden last night. What struck you uh, from the joint session to Congress? Well, one thing is that he didn't discuss the border and the fact that tens of thousands of people are pouring into our country, many of them criminals, many of them people from jails, uh, many of them uh, doing acts that you don't even want to know about, and they're pouring into our country by the thousands at a level that's never been seen before, and they're doing absolutely nothing. The wall is almost completed, would have been completed if I didn't get sued by Congress and the Democrats every single moment. And we, uh, we beat those cases. We built most of the wall, almost 500 miles of wall, and all we have to do is close up certain areas that we had to keep open until we gained title, et cetera, et cetera. And they just don't want to finish it. I heard they will finish it, but by the time they do that, it's, uh, it could go very quickly. And the contractors are having a field day because they're supposed to be finishing the wall. They'll get paid for finishing the wall. So they have to do that, and they have to do many other things in the world. You know, stay in Mexico is a great thing. They don't come into this country. They stay in Mexico. It's as simple as that. That was a big deal that when we got yeah. that legally, we had to get that. We had to win that. And we won it, and they gave it up. Now everybody's pouring into our country. It's out of control. It could destroy our country if it keeps going. And the longer it goes, the harder it is to stop. We had the best border that we've ever had in history, admitted by everybody, yeah. and all they had to do is leave it. The Border Patrol is fantastic. The guys and women in the Border Patrol, they've done a fantastic job. The uh, ICE agents that we have, I got, I've gotten to know so many, they're phenomenal people. All they had to do is leave it alone. It was so good. It was the best it ever was. And now it's a disaster. It's a, What a shame for our yeah. country. It will destroy our country, Maria. Yeah, but but in fact, on day one, President Biden walked in on January 20th and 21st, and he uh, overturned most of your policies, including Remain in Mexico, stopped construction of the wall. We're here right now. We've been here. Uh, we're going to be here for the rest of the week at the southern border in McAllen, Texas. And it's incredible what we've seen. We're going to show more of that. How long, what was the process of you negotiating with the Northern Triangle countries to come up with Remain in Mexico, to come up with the, the policies where uh, you did, in fact, see a decline in the number of people coming here to the border? In March alone, now that the world understands the Biden policies, there were 172,000 migrants at the border. In one month alone, most people expect it to get worse. What are you expecting as the weather gets warmer. Oh, it's going to get much worse. Uh, many more people are going to come up. They're already banding together. You can see that when you look at these countries. And uh, I had a situation where I inherited a very bad situation from President Obama. It was a terrible, terrible situation. Those, the three countries, 
plus Mexico. They were taking advantage very badly of the United States, as you probably understand and know. And I went to the three countries and I said, you can't do this. You know, we weren't allowed to bring back MS-13 gang member criminals. We couldn't bring back uh, uh, criminals of all different types. They wouldn't accept them back. And after a while, I said, well, what kind of a deal is this? They come in from the country and then they won't take them back. They're sending a lot of people. They're not just these are just great people, hardworking people coming. These are criminals in many cases. You wouldn't believe the percentage of real drug dealers, rapists, uh, human traffickers. These are murderers, by the way. These are people coming into our country un unabated. Un they are coming in at a level that nobody's ever seen before. And, and when I talk about the kind of people, I mean it 100%. So I went to these countries and I said, listen, it's got to stop and you're going to take back these people. And they said no. And I said, that's okay. I asked, how much do we pay them? 500, we pay them $500 million a year. It's a lot of money split among three countries. I said, we're not making any more payments. Stop all payments. The following day, I had a deal where they take back all of these criminals. And we sent back MS-13 and other criminals by the thousands. They said, we will take them back. We would be glad to take back MS-13 as soon as I stop the money. Now what they're doing is instead of 500 million, they're going to give them I heard as much as $4 billion. They're not going to know what to do with all of that money. They never had money like that given to them. So we're giving them $4 mm. billion. And, I mean, the people running the country are going to have a field day like they've never had before. So here I am. I was giving them nothing. They took back everybody that we wanted. You have no idea. They were clogging up airports. They were making it impossible for buses to come in with yeah. these people. And they took back, Maria, they took back, as soon as I stopped the money, they called me. They said, what can we do? I said, you have to take back all of these criminals that are coming into our country from your country. They're your problem. They're not our yeah. problem. And they took them back. As soon as I stopped now, according to what I'm hearing, Biden wants to give them not $500 million, which was more money than they ever thought possible. I mean, why are we doing this? And now he's going to give them, mm. I hear, $4 billion. This is crazy. Well, Mr. President, we took a boat trip yesterday, and uh, it was very clear that the drug czars and the smugglers are, they run m much of Mexico and, and certainly the border towns. Uh, you have to pay the drug smugglers just to get into a park. You've got to pay them to make a move. They are in charge. Unfortunately, Mr. President, uh, this administration is blaming you and your administration, and they refuse to give you any credit for uh, many of the uh, accomplishments you've had. I'll get to the COVID accomplishments in a minute. But just recently, Kamala Harris said in an interview uh, that they inherited this crisis. And her answer to it is to send $310 million to these northern uh, triangle countries. Many people just yesterday told me that money will end up in the hands of the drug czars and the smugglers, as well as politicians. So what is your take on, I know you've had a lot of time to think about this. You see how they're blaming you on everything and they do not uh, attribute the successes that you've had to your administration. How, how do you feel about that? What's your reaction to what we're hearing uh, in terms of their answer, the $310 million to the Northern Triangle countries? It's ridiculous, number one, and the drug czars and others will get it. And people running the country will take it and it won't go to where it's meant to go. 
but the number is going to be much larger than that, that they're going to get many times larger than that. And obviously, they're very ungracious people. Uh, I did the vaccine. They like to take the vaccine. But even the fake news isn't giving them credit for that. We did the vaccine, saved, you know, just tens of millions of lives throughout the world by coming up with a vaccine. If I weren't president, the vaccine, you wouldn't have a vaccine for five years. Three to five years would be the minimum. I got it done in less than nine months. And that's only because of me. If I believe if I wasn't president, you wouldn't have a vaccine. And then I went out and bought, spent billions of dollars to buy the vaccine before approval. So people are getting shots long before they would have. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been getting your shots till October or November. Nobody would have had a shot right now. So uh, and, and people are giving us credit, even, you know, the fakers. We got a lot of fake news people, but uh, we're getting credit for that. But I, I do see where the Biden people and Biden are trying to take credit even for the vaccine. The other thing is we had with Operation Warp Speed, we, we were delivering vaccine at a level that was unheard of. You know, we had just gotten it approved. We started within one minute of approval. I mean, we were all set. We had a great delivery system. And all they did is take what we had and keep it moving. And, you know, tremendous numbers of people have been vaccinated because of what we did. We, on January 20th, they yeah. took over what we did. And what, what we, I'll tell you what, it was the military and it was a system of transportation and system of getting those shots out to people like nobody's ever seen. It was a military operation. The generals did a phenomenal job. A really, and then they took it over, and it kept going. Very simply, it kept going. But uh, and then they blew it with Johnson and Johnson. They should have never done a pause with Johnson and Johnson. That was done for either political reasons or because they like Pfizer so much. But what they did with Johnson and Johnson was horrible. They want everybody to get a vaccine, and then they do a pause, which got so much publicity. Hasn't recovered yet. What they what they did there was just terrible. But the vaccine saved millions and millions of people throughout the world. We have the best vaccines. Nobody even can. Nobody even says they have better than what we have. We have the best in the world. Everybody's yeah. trying to get them. And that was all done by Trump. Mr. President, I want to I want to go to the spending in a moment, but you just mentioned J&J, &J, and I want to stay there for one second because this pause had to do with a handful of cases of blood clotting. What should have been done in terms of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine rather than taking that pause? Obviously, it's back on the market. The FDA making that decision last Friday. What would you have preferred to see given those blood clotting issues? Well, at the time it came up, there were 8 million shots and there were six cases, which, as they say, was far less than women's birth control pills, than Tylenol, okay. than, you know, almost anything. It was very, very minuscule. And I would not have made, I would have put a warning on or something on just that particular vaccine, but I certainly would have paused it and, and gotten front page news all over the world. And then people don't want it. And it probably even affects the others because, you know, there's a big situation with a lot of people don't want to take the vaccine. Well, this played right into their hands. And they want me to do public service messages and everything about everybody taking the vaccine. And look, I guess in a certain way, I'm the father of the vaccine because I was the one that pushed it. You know, to get it done in less than nine months was a miracle. Fauci said it would take three to five years. He thought it was 
uh, something that just wouldn't be that effective because it would take so long to get. We, I pushed the FDA like they have never been pushed before. I wouldn't exactly say they're, uh, they're in love with me. They have never. This is a very bureaucratic organization. I push them like they've never been pushed before, and that's why we have it. Uh, when they did the pause on Johnson and Johnson, I thought that was a, a very, very stupid thing to do. Yeah, let, let me ask you about the rest of the agenda, in particular spending. Uh, Mr. President, last night, President Biden laid out this latest spending plan, $1.8 trillion uh, for the American Families Plan. He's talking about raising taxes. We heard a lot of uh, uh, sort of deja vu of the Obama administration. You didn't bill that. Pay your fair share. Here's President Biden last night. Got to get your reaction to the economic policy, sir. Watch. Wall Street didn't build this country. The middle class built the country, and unions built the middle class. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than $400,000. But it's time for corporate America, and the wealthiest 1% of Americans to just begin to pay their fair share. Just their fair share. We're going to reward work, not just wealth. Mr. President, let me just point out that we're talking about more than $5 trillion, almost $6 trillion in spending since January, since January, when, when, January 20th. And when you look at Biden's budget for next year, he's pretty much effectively cutting defense spending. There's no money that I can see that's allocated for the border. So you see where the priorities are. It's the Green Deal. It's raising taxes, not defense, even as the risks are rising across the world, particularly China and not the border. Your reaction to the spending and these higher taxes to pay for it. And they're going to do terrible things to the Second Amendment and many other elements of what he's talking about are very, very bad, very dangerous. Didn't talk about the border. And again, we just finished with the border, but didn't talk about the border. It's like a, a subject that they're not discussing. And that will be that will be ruinous to this country. And the taxes, it'll be the largest tax increase in the history of our country. And when you say it won't affect middle class, middle class has 401ks and when you look at the capital gains tax, that's going to have a massive impact on the middle class. It's also going to have a massive impact on companies leaving our country. They all came back. With me, the companies were pouring back into our country. That's why we were doing – we produced more jobs than anybody in the history of our country, 160 million jobs. We were never close to that number. We produced more from – from the African-American to Hispanic-Americans to anybody, Asians, uh, women, the highest number of jobs in history. Then we did it again. Uh, he wouldn't be doing well right now if we didn't rebuild. I mean, the, our country was booming the first one because we did a great job on COVID, get no credit for it, between the ventilators and the equipment and the masks and everything else. Nobody had this stuff. We got it. We got it stocked up. We helped the states. The governors of the states have said we did an incredible job. The fake news doesn't like saying that. It doesn't play into their narrative. But, Maria, mm. we did a great job on that. Not only the vaccine. The vaccine is the most important thing of all, frankly. But we did a fantastic job yeah. in getting things out. But when you look at the biggest tax increase in history, that's going to drive all of these companies and all of these jobs out of the United States. It's a disaster.
Yeah. I mean, that's that's one thing that we saw under the uh, the Obama administration, Mr. President, when we had a 35 percent corporate rate. Many American companies acquired companies in Ireland, for example, where there was a nine percent corporate rate. And then we saw them right. take their headquarters there. So that's my question to you. What is the impact of, for example, a 43.4 percent capital gains tax? You sell your home, you sell portfolio. You're giving 43.4 percent to the government if you're in that highest earning bracket. The capital gains tax, the corporate tax, and individual taxes were still not clear. President Biden has not made clear whether it's 400000 for families or 400000 for individuals. This is a very important point, but they sort of muddy it up, and, and, and we don't know the answer. But regardless, if you're overturning your tax cut plan of 2017, everybody taxes going up. So what kind of an impact would you expect on the economy and the stock market? So I got and got approved the largest tax decrease in the history of our country, bigger than the Ronald Reagan decrease. Uh, this was the biggest, uh, most powerful tax decrease, decrease. That's a very important word in the history of our country. They are now proposing the biggest tax increase. When you talk capital gains, you're talking about everybody. You're not talking about just for so-called wealthy people. You're talking about everybody. If they buy a stock, no matter what they do, you're talking about everybody is going to be affected by that. But they're going to be affected in an even more important way. Companies are going to leave this country. You know, people that run these countries, many of them don't live here. Many of them are from other countries. But their loyalty is to their shareholders. Their loyalty is to the wallet. They will leave here so quickly if they can have another country where I brought taxes down to among the lower taxed nations, not the lowest. Couldn't get it down to that level, yeah. but I would have very much worked on it. But among the lower taxed nations and of the large industrial nations, the lowest. Now what they're doing yeah. is they're going to drive all of these companies out, you know, you know this very well. Billions and actually trillions of dollars were not coming back into this country, trillions, because the tax was so high that and, and also the bureaucracy was so bad, the paperwork and everything else was so bad that trillions of dollars was out of this country. That money was all hundreds of billions was pouring back into our country when I did the tax bill, when we got that approved. That was a tremendous thing. Yeah. Hundreds of billions of dollars. If you go by what they're doing, that money will never see the United States again. And that's a very big, that's a tremendous number. Yeah, I mean, look, I always say money is mobile. We have a graphic here of all of the rates across the world. So, uh, you know, corporations can move. Uh, individuals can move if, if their money is treated best somewhere else. We recognize that. But what I want to get your take on is where we are in this economy now, because even under your leadership before President Biden came in, the economy was beginning to turn. Now we've got expectations that we're going to see GDP in the U.S. in 2021, Mr. President, of up to 9%. So why do we have so, why do we need all of this spending? $6 trillion in spending in a month and a half, and you've got um, an economy that may not need that kind of, I mean, sure, people are happy if you throw money at them, but at some point, this comes home to roost uh, in terms of our debt. So where do you see the economy right now? Does it take a hit with all of this spending at some point? 
Right. So the reason you see GDP is because of the foundations that we built. We built something that was incredible. What will happen with the tax increases and even the border with all these people pouring in, what will happen is you will start to see negative effects eventually. If you do tax increases like they're talking about and if you do other things, you know, it never happens so quickly, but it will have a devastating impact ultimately down the road. That's what's going to happen. And with all the spending, a lot of the GDP also is all of this stimulus that they're pouring into the economy. It's, you know, just it's sort of fake when you look at it, it's sort of like the fake media. It's fake. It's it's showing something that the economy is doing better than it is. It, they're, they're not real numbers. Now, uh, we yeah. created something that was incredible and we created it twice. We had the greatest and then we had the China virus or COVID or call it what you want, this horrible disease come into our country. We handled it better than any other country. If you look at Germany now and you look at all these countries they used to compare us to, do you notice they don't, they don't mention that anymore? They don't compare us because we had the fastest startup of any and, and best of any country in the yeah. world. There's nobody doing well like us. You look at what's going in Europe with Italy and Spain and France and, and Germany, by the way, which everyone said was doing so well. And now they have lockdowns and they're having riots in the street. We, we did better mm -hmm. than any other country. Nobody did the job. You know, I'm starting to get a lot of credit for it, but it's a little bit late. But here's the, uh, the good news is that we did great in the election. We did far better in the election. We got 75 million votes. And I'll tell you what. That election was won by us. It was not won by Biden. Uh, Mr. President, um, well, we see what's going on in Arizona right now, but, but I, w I want to move on to, to foreign policy. It's a big deal what's going um, on. And by the way, that's the Senate. That's the Arizona Senate, and it's a big deal, and the fake news hates to cover it. They actually covered it, a front-page New York Times story two days ago, but they hate to cover it, but the Arizona Senate right now is doing a forensic audit, and I have no idea, very independent, I have no idea what it's going to reveal, but I think it's going to reveal tremendous corruption, tremendous, and that's true in many other states. M Mr. President, and we don't need many, because we almost, we, we almost yeah. won even with the corruption. Essay, go ahead. Let me ask you about John Kerry. Uh, Republicans are now calling for an investigation over this New York Times report that John Kerry uh, told the Iranian foreign minister uh, that uh, that Israel had attacked Iranian interests 20 times in, in Syria. We've not heard much about this. Uh, what do you want to see in terms of John Kerry and, and this investigation? Well, if there was ever a violation of the Logan Act, which they tried to pin on General Flynn, who was totally innocent, as it turned out, and, and I mean totally innocent, if they've ever had a violation of the Logan Act, and I think the Logan Act is something they should use, it's very simple. Uh, you can't do what he did. And I said during my administration, too, I think that he was seeing them and saying, don't make a deal, don't make a deal, maybe we'll win and you'll be able to make a sweetheart deal with us. Don't make a deal, because Iran wanted to make a deal so badly, but John Kerry was telling them, in my opinion, don't make a deal, we'll make you a sweetheart deal if we win. And that is a violation at the highest levels of the Logan Act. On top of that, you have this recording that they found 
saying, you know, some of the things, but much more than what you just stated, that is horrible. It should never, a thing like that should never be allowed. And, you know, a lot of people are calling for his resignation, and they're calling for a lot more. I mean, what he did is totally illegal. Yeah, well, we see the treatment there where we're not hearing much about it. And then we see what took place with Rudy Giuliani, uh, your personal attorney, a, uh, a search of his apartment in Manhattan yesterday. What do you want to say about this? Your reaction to this, DO, this DOJ executing a search warrant of, of Rudy Giuliani's apartment? Well, it is incredible because you bring up John Kerry and the horrible thing that he did and was doing for a period of time. And then you take the greatest mayor in the history of New York. You take a great patriot. You know, Rudy Giuliani is a great patriot. He does these things. He just loves this country. And they raid his apartment. It's like uh, so unfair and such a double. It's like a double standard like I don't think anybody's ever seen before. It's very, very unfair. Rudy is a patriot who loves this country. And I don't know what they're looking for, what they're doing with filings of, of uh, various papers, uh, lobbying filings. Well, did Hunter file and did, did uh, Biden file? Because they did a lot of work with other countries. To the best of everybody's knowledge, they didn't file. Did Podesta file and Podesta's brother file? Uh, no, they didn't file. So it's a very, very unfair situation. You know, you have to understand, Rudy, Rudy loves this country so much. It is so terrible when you see things that are going on in, in our country with the corruption and the problems, and then they go after Rudy Giuliani. It's very sad, actually. Well, well, there is this movement to go after your supporters, your administration. Tucker Carlson last night said that the Biden administration will use the force of law to crush political dissent. Uh, and, you know, it seems to be that we're seeing some truth in that in, in terms of this movement against people who have supported you. They're stopping publishing their books, uh, people in your administration. And, and then there's the Chinese Communist Party sanctioning uh, people from your administration. We didn't hear much from President Biden on China last night uh, away from that it's a competitor. Uh, there's a lot to the China story, as I know you have been able to communicate this to the American people. Do you think we're going to see a change in the China policy? What is your reaction to what President Biden has done so far regarding China? Well, they're going to give our country away to China. China was paying us billions and billions of dollars because of what I did with taxation. Uh, billions of dollars they were buying. You know, our farmers have done better. That's why I won Iowa. I won all of these great farm states by by big numbers, whether it's Nebraska, so many, so many farm states, all farm states, every one of them I won by big numbers. Uh, they've never done better. Uh, grain prices are way up. And the deal we made for the farmers with China is phenomenal. China never in their wildest dreams thought they'd ever sign something like that. And I've taken in billions of dollars. But you look at how well the farmers are doing. That's because of the great trade deal that we made. Then, of course, COVID came up, and then I felt differently toward China. And you, China will take over this country if they don't do something very quickly. And they've been very, very weak on China. They don't want to do that. Look, they have business. Hunter Biden got a lot of money out of China. Their family got a lot of money out of China. 
It's uh, it's disgraceful what's going on right now. It's disgraceful what's going on. And China's not even mentioned. China is a big economic power that wants to become the biggest economy. It was supposed to have already taken that step. It, it would have happened, except that we beat China so badly. And then COVID came along and it was back to uh, step one. And then we again, by the time I left office, we had this country in great shape again, economically. And the vaccines, again, having the vaccines was such a big thing. You know, a lot of people think it was one of the great miracles of all time to have a vaccine done in less than nine months. They cannot believe it. Nobody can believe it. The FDA can't believe it because they would have had it. It would have been years and years before they did it. One other thing we did, and, and so important because, you know, it never gets mentioned, but it was placing a bet and it was a bet or speculation, you may call it but buying billions and billions of dollars of vaccine before we knew it was even going to get approved, before we totally knew it was going to work. That was one of the greatest bets ever made in the history of this world because it got people inoculated uh, one year early. When you think of it, nobody would have even had shots now. It would have been September, October before you got your first shots. So I took that gamble. It was a gamble. I took that gamble and... It, there's never been a gamble that's been more important that worked, in my opinion. So, so what do you think about the treatment of all of this now? I mean, now we've heard from the CDC saying if you're fully vaccinated, you can be indoors without a mask. You can take the mask off. And yet last night, the shot of, of President Biden behind him is Kamala Harris, the vice president, and Nancy Pelosi, speaker of the House, both wearing masks. What what? What is going on? I mean, are we not getting the truth and, and, and clarity in terms of what we should be doing? The, the place was not even half full, and they're all wearing masks. It looked like they were choking last night while he was speaking. I watched and I said, they ought to get some air. Uh, it looked like they were literally, the, Nancy's mask was the biggest mask I think I mean, I've is ever there seen. Is a strategy here? Uh they, I'm not sure if they know there's a strategy, but they love those masks. And everybody in that room was uh, had the vaccine. Everybody in that room was in good shape. Uh, they could have done it much differently for Joe Biden to walk outside to announce you don't have to wear masks outside. Now, people knew that for, for a long time. But he walks outside to tell you you don't need masks outside, and he's wearing a mask. He's outside doing it. And he walks up in a mask. Uh, look, this country has got to get their schools back. It's got to get these cities open. It's all, in, in all cases, Democrat. When you look at Florida, Texas, and various other places, they had a much relaxed policy, and yet they had far fewer deaths, relatively speaking. They had far more economic success. New York has been so badly hurt. It's going to take a long time to recover. Uh, California was so badly hurt. Uh, it's, I mean, these, these places, some of the places, there's never been any place that was tougher than Michigan. And Michigan had a, an outbreak, the likes of which you haven't seen since the very beginning. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's very sad. When you look on television last night, uh, they could have had fewer people in the room than, you know, than a packed room like I had when... I did it. I understand that. But 
to have a room that was so sparse and to have everybody wearing masks and everybody has the, you know, they all got the shots, but they all have masks. It doesn't show very much uh, confidence. You know, they want to build confidence in the vaccine because not everybody wants to take it because they have their freedoms and they don't want to take it. They want to show confidence in the vaccines, uh, the vaccines. And then you see something like you saw last night, a room loaded up with masks. I'm, I'm telling you, the people look like they were choking on their masks. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, oh, I was thinking about your last joint session to Congress and Nancy Pelosi was behind you and she ripped up your speech at the end of it. Uh, very that nice. Was incredible. Very nice. Thing to do. Yeah, that was very nice. Uh, well, that's the way they are. It's nasty. Mr. President, President Biden talked a lot about education last night. It was really ironic since half of our students are still not in school. What kind of an impact is this going to have on our young people? Will they leave earnings on the table? Will they be at a disadvantage to other kids who have been able to go back to school? Well, the schools that are open have no problem whatsoever. You have schools, many schools are open. Uh, the teachers union totally controls this administration. And for whatever reason, they just don't want to go back to work. It's a it's a terrible thing. And one of the other things beyond the unions, uh, the stimulus is making it so that people will not work. So people all over the country, small businesses, cannot get people to work. You see it in restaurants. You see it all over. They can't get people to work because they're competing with the stimulus money that if they work, they're not getting the stimulus money and the stimulus money is more. So they're trying to get their businesses open and they cannot get employees. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a tough situation. Joe Biden got a standing ovation when he talked about H.R. 1, Mr. President. Uh, he's pushing and the Democrats are pushing this voting law. And we haven't heard any pushback from corporate America, from Major League Baseball. And yet they attacked Georgia for its uh, its new voting law. Your, your thoughts on H.R. 1 and, uh, and and whether or not that gets through. I mean, when you consider what's happening here, they've got a commission to discuss whether or not we should expand the Supreme Court. You've got an effort to kill the filibuster. You've got an effort uh, to pretty much attack our governing institutions, change our governing institutions in a fundamental way. Your reaction? Well, H.R. 1 would be catastrophic. Uh, number one, you don't have voter ID. You don't have signature verification. You have all sorts of things. Uh, plays right into the Democrat playbook. And they're trying to use it to override states because the states now saw the ripoff of the last election, which was a totally fraudulent election in, in many ways, in many different ways, including the fact that they didn't get legislative legislatures to approve uh, the, the many, many things that they did. It's a the Supreme Court should have had the courage to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. And they knew they didn't want to turn over an election. They didn't have the courage to turn over an election. The, the Supreme Court should be ashamed of themselves. But now, if you look at Arizona, you look at other states, they're going right back and they're finding I think they're going to find massive corruption. And so do a lot of people in this country. They're going to find massive corruption. But uh, this rule and law that they're trying to pass right now in Congress will override all of the states and all of the good work that's now being done within the states, including voter ID. 
and they're trying to override it because the Democrats don't want voter ID. And it was interesting uh, yesterday to get into the Capitol. They made it so difficult. You had to have your name, your picture, everything in order to get in. But when it comes to voting, they don't want to have that. They don't want to have names. They don't want to have pictures. Let anybody come and vote. And that's what happened in the last election. It was a disgrace. They sent out tens of millions of fake ballots. I mean, the way do you see, in my opinion, way do you see what comes out of these investigations? You're going to see fraud at a level yeah. that no, we were a third world country when it came to the 2020 presidential election. Well, we want to we want to see that. We want to see the evidence because the American people need to know. Um, I was with AG, uh, the, the AG of Texas yesterday, Ken Paxton, and he said, had he not right. pushed back, uh, Texas would have been Georgia uh, in terms of uh, in terms of all of the mail in ballots. He's he right. also uh, uh, criticized the mail in ballots. Mr. President, you're thinking a lot uh, about these elections and, and what took place then. Are you thinking about running again, Mr. President, in 2024? Yes, 100 percent. And the polls show it, and everybody wants me to do it. Uh, well, 100 percent, I'm thinking about running, and we will, I think, be very successful. If we were very successful, look, I ran twice, and the second time I got 12 million more votes than the first time, which very rarely happens for a president. I got the, the largest number of votes in the history of our country for a sitting president. And I was told if I got 66 million, you couldn't lose. I got 75 million. At 10.30 in the evening, everyone thought the election was over and that we had won. All of a sudden, late in the night, they closed up the tabulation centers and they came out with new numbers. This election is a disgrace to our country. And the whole world knows it Mr. and they're Pres watching. Mr. President. We all know it. And, uh, you know, one of the things there, too, is this interview gets into a running mate, and they're talking about Governor DeSantis. If you want to catch the balance of this interview uh, here on the Scott Adams Show, just be sure to check out uh, our Twitter account, twitter.com slash Scott Adams Show, and you'll find the rest of it. Uh, this was a great interview, uh, covered a lot of topics. I would have liked to have played the whole entire thing. Uh, turns out that there is... About 20 more minutes left in that interview. Uh, but he does talk about DeSantis as a running mate. But DeSantis might even have his own plans. Uh, he's a hot uh, commodity right now as well. Florida's booming. Uh, but that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show for today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out org, who has Trump's back. Be sure to check out buglecall.org, scottadamsshow.com, RedStateTalkRadio.com for all of our properties supporting the America First agenda to make America great again. And my name's Scott Adams. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now. We're a stand, the mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.